Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there, good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. Thank you for joining us. It's Monday night. I hope you're settling in well. I hope you've adjusted to prison life. If you are one of the quarantined few. Tonight's recommended beverage, ladies and gentlemen, prison hooch. Tonight's recommended snack, anything you can stab your way into in the prison cafeteria. Thank you for joining us. Go. Hey, we already did that one. There we go. Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with with you once again. I hope you had a lovely weekend because I certainly did. I had a lovely weekend and then by Monday morning, everything changed, but that's okay. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, well, that's okay too. If you'd like to, just hit that crooked arrow on DLive. And if you're listening, we've got a few people listening to the podcast live on the Podbean website. Thank you so much for joining us. UK Neil with a diamond. Part of the lockdown crew from tonight. Thank you for joining us. So much to get through, so little time. Uh, If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumba. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about how you're adjusting to prison life, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumba. Like I said, so much to get through. And look, you know, I'm, I'm apologising in advance here. <laughs> the, the coronavirus story, it's, and it's not even, it's not, I know, I know it's boring. I know people are starting to get sick of it. And to be honest, I'd much rather be doing other stuff. There's supposed to be a presidential campaign happening right now, right? Um, so I'd much rather be covering things like that and, you know, laughing at the media and whatnot. Uh, there is, I don't know if you've noticed or not, there is no presidential campaign happening. And nobody's saying anything about it. <laughs> Have you noticed that? We basically went from campaign, constant campaign, to pff, nothing. In a very short space of time. Joe Biden, nobody even knows where Joe Biden is. That's how far away the presidential campaign is from people's minds. Maybe, Maybe we should take that. Um, you know, as a positive. Maybe we should take that as a momentary break, a sigh of relief. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Bot in the chat. I'm fine with it. Trump already won. Yeah, I tend to agree. Although, um, I do think this complicates things a little bit. I don't think he's going to lose. I'll just put it out there on the table now. Uh, I don't think he's going to lose. I wouldn't go so far as to say there's no chance he could lose. Uh, you know, it depends sort of what the next month, the next two months, the next three months is going to look like, I think. Because, you know, people are strange. People are 
people do strange things when elections come up. And if they're feeling hardship, you know, a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people are getting stood down. A lot of people are going to be feeling some kind of financial pain. JJ Stoner in the chat. Thank you for joining us, sir. Follow JJ Stoner, by the way. DLive.tv slash JJ Stoner. It's an absolute pleasure to check him out this morning. And like I said last week, it's good to see you back doing the dailies. So people do funny things in the voting booth. And when the supermarket shelves are empty, when they're being told that they can't leave their home, when they've been stood down, when they don't have as much money in their pocket, I don't think that it's outside the realm of possibility that a low information person would take that as, who you know, this guy has failed us. He's done something wrong here. And, you know, he probably, he might have done a whole bunch of stuff wrong. Is that a valid reason for voting against the person? <laughs> that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because people vote for a whole bunch of different reasons. And as we all know, like the raw data of it, the raw numbers, he basically won the White House by winning around 90,000 votes spread across three different states in the blue wall. If he doesn't win those 90,000 votes, he doesn't win the White House in 2016. So, you know, a surprising victory it might have been, but an overwhelming one, even though the the college votes make it appear that way, it's not necessarily the case. <clears throat> but again, in saying that, I don't think necessarily that he's going to lose. Uh, you know, the popularity is going up. Does that transform into votes or not? I'm not sure. So <clears throat> it's not going to be all coronavirus tonight. I do have some other stuff in the tank ready to go. But there are a couple of things that I wanted to start off tonight's show with. And I want to bring you down under. I want to bring you to where we are down here. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Let's kick it off. As you all know, uh, I was tweeting about it on uh, yesterday morning. Big announcement from our, our brave leader, our dear leader, Scott Morrison. We're shutting it down. We're shutting it down. We're cancelling it. It's done. Wrap it up. You're out of there. It was surreal too. Um, I was watching uh, Daywave Radio earlier today with Royce Lopez, everybody's favourite Pakistani Mexican, and he was talking about like this eerie feeling that he had in the city. I think they're in Orlando, the Revenge of the Sis guys. I'm not sure, Orlando or Tampa Bay. I can't remember which one. I'm not. I'm not a Floridian. I think it's Orlando, and I, I second that feeling. I don't know how big Orlando is, but Sydney's, you know, four and a half million people. So it's not some little backwater town. And I work in the city overnights, like out and about on the streets. Thank you for the diamond, UK Tracy. I missed the real SCO. Don't worry, the, the real SCO will be back tomorrow. <laughs> uh, well, Gypsy's not in the chat. She's going to be very upset that she's missed tonight. I don't think Gypsy's ever missed a single show, so it's going to be a bit. It's a it's a it's a bit of a chilled one tonight. A bit of a laid back one. It's a bit it's a bit cozy. It's a cozy audience tonight. <clears throat> Pardon me. So yeah, I'm out and about in the city last night, and there's a there's a particular part of the city called Newtown, and it's where it's right next to you know a big university here. So it's it's always you know one o'clock in the morning, two three in the morning. It doesn't matter. Monday Monday night or Friday night, it's the same. It's always packed. 
um, because of all the uni students that live there. So there's, you know, on one street, there's probably a dozen bars, uh, a couple of clubs, a lot of, you know, eating places where you just stand at the counter and eat your food and stuff. And I've never had that experience driving up this street like I did last night and just being the only one on the road. And that's, that's when it hit me. That's when the full scope of what we're going through, the full scope of what people are going through, because I'm thinking of all, like, as I'm driving up this street, which is normally, like, I, it's tough to explain. Normally, you're dodging people on the street who are, you know, drunk and, and walking out into the middle of traffic and stuff. There are people everywhere. The place is heaving. And just to be the only one on the road at, like, 10.30 at night, it was surreal, man. <laughs> It was a surreal feeling. I, like, it doesn't scare me or anything like that. Um, no, I'd, but it's, it's just, it brought everything into focus, if you know what I mean. So then I'm thinking, Doc G, blast from the past. Ladies and gentlemen, follow Doc G. I don't know if you're streaming on Twitter, son. Uh, if you don't know who Doc G, <laughs> Doc G, uh, Doc G, God, how long have I known Doc G for? About three years. I started watching him on Periscope. Um, he's a boomer, but he's our boomer. And he's he's <laughs> he's a boomer who likes to fucking get angry and storm around. Do you still get angry? I'm not sure. You maybe you've mellowed out now that you're back stateside. But he was living in on an island in Holland. Victor von Schroom, you might know where it is. Von Schroom is a Dutchman, Doctor. Uh, he was living in Holland, and I started watching this guy. <laughs> it would just be, and these motherfucking communists. I was like, oh, I like him. I like this, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, it's about three years ago. Welcome to the show, Doc. Good to have you. Mm. As you can see, we've made some changes around here. Going back to the old school books. <clears throat> I like boomers. Have you ever heard of Trumpster Bob? Let me see. Let me see your butthole. I have heard of Trumpster Bob. <laughs> I only heard of Trumpster Bob, though, after watching um, some archives of ROTC when I became a Patreon. Because I started watching ROTC maybe a bit over a year ago, maybe 18 months ago. But for like the first nine or 10 months of that, I would only ever watch on replay. I would never watch live. So I was I got to know like a lot of the personalities without ever interacting with them. You know what I mean? But so where was I? Yeah. Quiet streets, empty streets, a surreal feeling in this part of Sydney that's normally, you know, bustling and alive. And... To me, it felt like the end of Infinity War, you know, where Thanos clicks his fingers and half of the population gets wiped out. And then the, su the survivors are just kind of wandering around. There's nobody on the streets. There's no traffic anymore. <laughs> but they're not celebrating the fact that there's no traffic anymore. They're kind of weirded out by it. That's the feeling that I got in Sydney last night. So we do have some stuff to get through. And I want to show you, ladies and gentlemen, we'll open up the account tonight with this story. <laughs> this was utterly fantastic. So on Friday last week, the government came out and said, look, please, please, we need you to be big boys and big girls. Do you, you remember we played a part of Scott Morrison's speech where he was basically scolding us like children. He was getting angry at people for buying extra stuff at the shop, which I found fucking extraordinary, the balls on this guy. <laughs> this guy who did absolutely nothing for a month let people fly in from the affected area in China for weeks and weeks and weeks, thousands and thousands a day. 
while all of us were screaming, shut the airport now. Don't wait, do it now. But of course, you had to bring those Chinese students in so they could attend our universities, you know, the privilege of which they pay top dollar for. And the day that the universities opened again, that's when the government decided to shut shut it down, stop bringing people in from the infected area. And now, after in large part exacerbating the problem, accelerating the problem, uh, we're now being lectured, we're now being scolded, we're now the ones that are being quarantined, believe it or not. <laughs> and yes, Lou Ferrigno in the chat, thank you for joining us, Hulk. Uh, he's quite correct. People get mad at other people for thinking ahead and prepping. Exactly. 100%. So because you've done the right thing, you've gone out, you've done the right thing, you could see that something was amiss, something wasn't right, something was, the writing was on the wall, you've gone out and bought extra stuff because you can't trust a single word that the fucking government tells you. And next thing you know, you're being told that you're a piece of shit for doing it. So, no, I wasn't happy with that. But they said, look, we need to enforce social distancing. And I just, don't you love the propagandistic terms that governments use? Social distancing. Oh, that's another way of saying quarantine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> social distancing. Have you ever heard the term social distancing before the last week? I haven't. I've never heard that term used before. But when it's happening in another country, we call it quarantining. When it's happening in our country, we call it social distancing. <laughs> We're such fucking suckers. And everybody starts walking around and repeating this term that somebody's just invented in the last week to make quarantining sound more appealing. Mm. As I sip on my sparkling red wine. Oh, it's a tough life. Look, let me lay it out for you this way, right? Let me tell you where I stand on this because some like I get a I get a little bit of pushback from people when I get angry that uh, I don't know our elected officials are pissing our rights and our individual freedoms up against the wall in the name of saving lives. <clears throat> so I get a little bit of pushback from these people who say, "Well, what would you do? What would you do?" Here's here's where I stand, and you can agree or disagree. As far as I'm concerned, we had a window where we could have taken action. That being the first month. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not taking calls right now. Thank. Sorry about that. Uh, somebody on the Podbean website trying to call in. We had a window where we could have taken action in the first month. We didn't, and now we're feeling the effects of that in action. And to me you know, um, tearing tearing apart people's right to free assembly, stomping on people's individual freedoms, those to me, those measures to me are just mistakes aimed at addressing the first mistake we made, which was not closing the border about two months earlier. Right? So now people are like, well, what would you do? And I'm like, well, the, what I would do has already happened. You know that's and it's it's come and gone. Um, I wouldn't enforce I wouldn't enforce the kind of strict social controls that governments are enforcing now, because I'm a freedom guy. I'm a, an individual liberty guy. You might be a we need to protect Nana from the coof guy. We need to stop Nana from coughing guy. That's fine, um, but I put freedom above that. And when I was saying we need to shut the border down because this is going to get worse if we don't do it now. 
when I was being called a racist and an extremist and a fearmonger and whatnot, uh, you know, we were people like me were being ignored. So we just went out, bought toilet paper, and bought pasta. And now everyone's telling us we're a piece of shit because we could see this clusterfuck happening. We could see it coming. So I'm definitely not in favour of governments clamping down on the individual rights and freedoms of their own population in an attempt to redress their own inactivity and their own incompetence when this whole uh, coronavirus deal started, right? That's where I'm standing. And I'm quite happy to stand there and I don't care if anybody agrees with me or not. (laughs) I'm not going to be pressured out of that. So I was very happy when on Friday, after being scolded by our Prime Minister that we need to do what we're told because we're naughty little children. We're very, very naughty little Australians down here. We need to do what we're told. We need to practice quarantining. I mean, social distancing. Uh, This made worldwide news, believe it or not. Have a look at this. Bondi Beach in my little town of Sydney, the most famous beach in Australia, one of the most famous beaches on planet Earth. Uh, This was getting worldwide attention. This was Saturday. <laughs> Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Uh, comment in the chat on Podbean, ladies and gentlemen. It's easy to poke holes in so in so mething with the power of retrospect. Um, yeah, I, I understand that's how it looks, but on this podcast, like I said, we were talking about we need to close the airports now for a month, you know, for a month before it happened. So it's not the power of retrospect from my perspective. It's the I fucking told you so. That's what it is. And after saying that this would accelerate if you don't close the airports, we then said on this podcast that they will start clamping down on the individual rights and freedoms of the populations in the West because they didn't close the airports earlier. And that's exactly what they've done. So it's foresight rather than hindsight. But I did love these pictures. Look at that. Sydney, ladies and gentlemen, collectively Sydney stood up and gave the big finger to the government and said, no, we're going to the beach. To hell with you, sir. To hell with you, sir. It's a sunny day. It's a beautiful day. We're going to Bondi. You can see the images there. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And they were getting in a lot of trouble. (laughs) They were getting in a lot of trouble. Uh, You should have heard the, the local pundits here. The radio guys, the TV guys, this is absolutely disgusting. These stupid people out there on the beach, what the hell are they doing? It's like, well, not listening to you? You don't listen to them. So why shouldn't they? There's a couple of interviews here. Uh, I think this guy might be Canadian by birth. He sounds Canadian. I don't know. Maybe American. Let's have a look. By the number of people out, I've just been out out for a swim and it's sort of like come out, get a bit of exercise, get outside and head home. I guess I'm more surprised by just the number of people who are just lazing around on the beach the whole social distancing thing hasn't really uh taken hold in bondi just (laughs) they had the social distancing thing i don't know what do they want we're not allowed to stand next to each other or something i don't know this is australia man we're going to the beach fuck you (laughs) yeah i would say have a look (laughs) look if you're listening to the podcast you can't see it it's just a it's just a, a ocean full of bodies. <laughs> well, it's definitely not ideal. Um, 
it is. I love this. So she's a nurse, right? She's on the front line. She knows exactly what we're dealing with here in terms of, you know, infection rates and stuff from people mingling and mixing in this kind of an environment. But there's always a but. The worry with so many people all together, and I do think the whole world is probably looking at us right now thinking yep. of what a massive mistake that we're making. Yep. But, but I have noticed looking at all the people that they um, there is some social distancing going on. Like you'll notice that people aren't really touching each other. <laughs> well, it's a start. <laughs> there's just fifty. There's just fifty thousand or sixty thousand people crammed into a tiny space down there on Bondi Beach. But hey, they're not touching each other. Oh, okay. Okay, that's good enough. It's working out pretty well. Um, there's a breeze. There's a breeze. I mean, I make all these excuses. It's not. It's not what we should be doing. But. But. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> the reason I love that is because she's got wet hair. You can tell that she's just come out of the water. <laughs> so she's a nurse. She's saying the whole world's probably looking at this and laughing at us and saying we're doing the wrong thing. We're probably shouldn't. We probably shouldn't be here. This probably isn't a good idea. But. And she just kind of shrugs her shoulders. Oh, well. <laughs> Classic Australian attitude, like, summed up in one motion. You know, everybody says we shouldn't be doing this and this is going to accelerate the spread of the virus and we're breaking, you know, we're breaking the rules and the whole world is probably pointing the finger at us right now, but, you know, it's sunny. <laughs> it's nice and sunny outside. What the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> So many people at the beach. Little bit of volleyball on the beach. Oh, it's wonderful. Virus? What fucking virus? Well, we don't normally... Enter the boomer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, our boomer friend here is not dressed appropriately for the beach, I wouldn't have thought. She's got the um, I'm going shopping on Sunday morning dress on by the looks of it. She's got the big pendant on that would be filled with sand and salt water and probably damage it. Uh, her hair has not touched any water whatsoever. She's wearing earrings. All of the all of the available information here tends to suggest that this particular person is not there to swim. She's not there to enjoy the sun. She's not there to get a tan. A little bit of she's not there to play a little bit of virus volleyball. No, no, no. All the available information we have is that she is down there to bitch, <laughs> to complain. She found a camera, or the camera found her, whatever it was, and she had to get in front of it and let everybody know her thoughts on why this outpouring of individual people uh, exercising their right to free assembly to go to the beach on a sunny day in the southern fucking paradise that is Australia... How dare they? How dare these people? How dare you go out when it's sunny and go to the beach in Australia? You disgusting people. You selfish bastards. So she had to go and find the camera. She's going to let everyone know. Everyone has a roll boogie, says Monica. Yes. We have this sort of temperature. Um, so I think people are taking advantage of the hot weather while they can. and Hot take. A lot of people being stuck indoors, so they probably mm. think, oh, you know, I'll take my chance and go for a swim. But at the same time, I just think, well, here we are supposed to be excluding ourselves from big clout. 
Minecraft. You're out there. You're out there. <laughs> well, I just think here we are. We're supposed to be excluding ourselves from big crowds and everybody's come to the beach. I, I, I guarantee you this was one of those scenarios where she was probably she probably lives on the water down there and you know these are some of the most expensive houses in Sydney by the way down there at Bondi most of them are rentals so she probably lives in one of the places that's like on the water thank, thank you for coming I'll see, see you in hell and she couldn't like she's probably spent all morning just staring out the window watching as the population on the beach started to inflate you know what i mean just pacing back and forward looking through the curtain her poor long-suffering husband is probably in the lounge room the whole time going karen just leave it just leave it just don't worry about it kids are going to go out they're going to go to the beach just don't it's not your problem just stay inside and she would have been muttering things all day i, I just don't understand why these people have to do this you know, I just don't understand. You know, the government said that we shouldn't be out here. <laughs> Thank Ring you for the, the diamond bell winning TV. And get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub rat hunter. Uh, follow Winning TV on DLive, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. DLive.tv slash Winning TV. Our good friend Phil D'Angelo. Good show over the weekend, by the way. Caught the replay. So she's probably Ring pacing the bell back and forth. And get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, sir. <laughs> He's trying to read the paper. He's trying to watch TV. She's just muttering things. And then eventually by about one or two o'clock in the afternoon, she can't take it anymore. She cannot take it anymore. She has to go out there and confront the camera. She has to let the world know what she thinks about these disgusting, irresponsible young people who are out there exercising their right to free assembly to lay on the beach in the sun and get a tan. How dare they? Crowds. <laughs> It sort of doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> if we could distill, you know, and present company is always excluded. I always get a people. I always get people that get angry when I talk about boomers. But you know, if you think that you're this kind of person, then I'm absolutely talking about you. If you don't display the kind of traits that this person represents, then I'm obviously not talking about you. So you can figure it out for yourself. I believe in you. I think that you have that ability. If you can't figure it out for yourself, then you're probably like our friend here on the screen. Just letting you know. But that just sums up the boomer perfectly, I think. A beautiful. She even explains the rationale for why people are out there. It's a beautiful, hot, sunny day. People have been cooped up inside, so they probably wanted to go out and, you know, enjoy the fact that they're living in a free country, enjoy the fact that they're living on an island fucking paradise, go to the beach, get some sun, have a swim, play some virus volleyball, you know, doing things that, like I said, freedom-loving people in the free world like to do. But then at the end of all of that, after she's laid out her own argument to the camera, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand. I just don't understand why all of these young people don't do what I tell them to do. Let's work as a team, please, and do it my way. Classic. So this, of course, led to a whole bunch of outrage, ladies and gentlemen. And the outrage came from the top down. The outrage came from our fearless leader, Scott Morrison. And a little reminder, I actually voted for this guy. I voted for the party. 
But I just think the last couple of months have not been his best work. It's usually at this time when I'll get accused of being a communist because I dare suggest that the, uh, you know, the right-leaning party that's in power at the moment is not doing the best job that they could possibly do. How, how dare you, you communist! Say, so, no, he's done a fucking terrible job over the last couple of months handling this coronavirus, and it's just getting worse because they think fixing the virus problem uh, is akin to, like I said, pissing our freedoms up against the wall and pointing the finger at average normal citizens who, like I said, dare go to the beach on a sunny day. So the outrage came from the top down. Let's see what our fearless leader, ScoMo, has got to say for himself. Now, rather a message as a group of leaders at national and state and territory level is this. To fight the virus, we need you. We need you. Your, our, your country needs you. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask, can I go to the beach? Mine hair. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask, what can you do to stay indoors? That's the, that's the real message here. Your country needs you to not do anything that people would do in a free country. <laughs> your country needs you to act more like a North Korean. Can you handle that? Do you think you could do that for us? Gypsy, thank you for joining us. More than anyone. More than anyone. We need you to comply with the healthy distancing, the social distancing. The, comply with the healthy distancing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Good. Good. Good, Australians. Good. Comply with healthy distancing. The spin is coming at me so hard I can barely contain myself. Thank you for joining us, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Seeing measures that we have put in place. What happened at Bondi Beach yesterday was not okay. It was not okay. <laughs> This guy. <laughs> oh, Pete, Pete, Pete Rascal in the chat. Thank you for joining us, sir. He says there's little room for sarcasm on this one, Boogie. That may be true, but whatever room there is, Pete, I will exploit it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to exploit it. <laughs> I don't care if there's a one millimeter squared crack where I can squeeze in there and start pumping sarcasm into the situation, I will I will execute. I will find the crack and I will fill it with my sarcasm. Thank you for joining us, sir. 18 months of this, God help us. God help us, please, no. Corona-chan, take me now, I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to sign out. I'm ready to be taken off this rock, man. What happened at Bondi Beach was not okay. It was not... A, oh, you mean, you know, people enjoying the sunlight, getting a tan and swimming in the ocean? How awful. How terrible. It was not okay. <laughs> Kitty in the chat says, Daddy is disappointed in all of you. Now go to your room and think about what you did. Exactly. <laughs> go to your room for three months. 
distancing, the social distancing measures distancing. that we have put in place. Mm -hmm. What happened at Bondi Beach yesterday was not okay. It was not okay. And served as a message mm -hmm. to federal and state leaders yeah. that too many Australians yep. are not taking these issues seriously enough. Oh, fuck you! Fuck you. You know why? Fuck you. Because it, we've said it before and we'll say it again for the first month where everybody knew. And so they knew before we knew about this coronavirus situation. They knew a long time before we knew because they have ways of making you talk. So they would have known that there was a viral outbreak, I would say, late last year in China. And if they didn't know early, then they have no right to be in government. And whilst they knew, whilst they allowed thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people to fly into open airports, which only stopped taking people last week, they banned us from leaving before they stopped people coming in. Do you believe it? So they refused to quarantine the affected area in China in the Wuhan province. And now we're getting quarantined instead. How the fuck does that work? Have a listen to this one more time. As a message to federal and state leaders that too many Australians are not taking these issues seriously enough. Yes, Scott. Do you remember the first month when so many of us were saying, close the airport, close the airport, stop bringing people in. You need to close the airport down. Do you know what this guy was doing? Ah, it's not a real problem. Don't worry about it. Business as usual. They literally said business as usual. Business as fucking usual. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't do anything different. Don't panic. It's just the flu. And now he's got the balls to get up there on national TV and point the finger at you, the stupid citizen, the stupid peasant, and say, you're not taking it seriously enough. I wonder why that might be the case, Scott. Could it possibly be because for the first month, when you could have shut the airports, you refused to do so and didn't take it seriously enough. Could that be it? Could that possibly be the reason? Unfucking believable. And of course, like the, the cheerleaders come. Oh, the leadership, the bravery. Oh, it's disgusting. I can't get. I have to bite down on a lemon to get the taste out of my mouth. Oh, it's so, he's so, what, that's what a real leader sounds like, ladies and gentlemen. That's a real leader. Oh, God. Falling over themselves to fillet the guy who did nothing for a month and then blames the citizens for wanting to go to the beach, for not taking it seriously. Because the message was, hey, it's not a big deal. Billy Ballbag in the chat. Where are you from, Boogie Bumper? I'm from Sydney, sir. Thank you for joining us. So the measures that we'll be considering tonight means that state premiers and chief ministers Here we go. may have to take far more draconian measures. Draconian. <laughs> you know it's bad. You know it's bad. Uh, are you an Adam Brandt supporter? Look, uh, you'll have to figure that out on your own. And if you come to the wrong conclusion, I probably won't even correct you. I'll just probably just let you go. Thanks for joining us.
<laughs> he see the the term draconian, right? Is usually the kind of term that comes from like an outrage farming clickbaity journalist when they're trying to smear a politician. Like, so when a politician introduces some kind of regulation or some kind of rule, they'll say these draconian laws. I don't think I've ever heard a politician say it themselves about their own policy. That is insanity to me. <laughs> He's calling his own measures. He's calling the measures of his own state premiers draconian. Do you believe it? <laughs> so because you dumb little citizen, because you stupid little peasant wanted to go to the beach on a sunny day, and swim, splash about in the water, frolic in the ocean, you stupid peasant, because we did nothing for the first month of this problem and now we're blaming you for the problem existing. It's all your fault. Now we're going to have to get real draconian on your ass. Social distancing, particularly in areas of outbreaks, than might otherwise need be the case. The more Australians themselves assist us in this fight against the virus to protect lives and to protect livelihoods. Unreal. The more and the better able we are to ensure that Australia comes out stronger on the other side. Oh, this, and this coming out stronger on the other side stuff. Oh, mate. <sighs> that, that never happens during like a recession slash depression kind of event, by the way. It never, you never just come out the other side and then boom, everything's working again. It takes a long time. It's a process that has to, you know, be fulfilled. And it, it fucking breaks my heart because we were saying on this show, weeks ago on this show, we were saying this is going to accelerate. When people were talking about the flu statistics like that was relevant, what were we saying? Stop talking about how many people the flu kills. It's not fucking important. It doesn't make any difference. The real problem here is going to be things like the strain on the health system. And then they're going to start shutting stuff down to stop the spread of it. They're going to shut down whole industries, which they've done. They're going to start shutting down public transport, which they're now talking about doing. They're going to be shutting down sporting events, which they've done. Hospitality, travel. We said on this show three days before it happened that the aviation industry would come cap in hand to the federal government to get your taxpayer money in a sob story because people won't be flying. And then sure enough, three or four days later, that's exactly what happened. And then the very next day, Qantas stands down 20,000 of their own employees. Thanks for the 25 billion taxpayer. Now off you go. Out the back door with you. Fuck the worker, right? We said on this show before it happened that the same people who were criticizing Barack Obama in 09 for bailing out the banks because they were too big to fail would now be cheering for bailouts by conservative, quote-unquote, conservative governments in response to the coronavirus. That's exactly what happened. That's just like... Because you fucking see that... You, you sit here and you watch it all happening right in front of your eyes. And then you still get people coming in and like, you're, you're a communist. Why aren't you supporting ScoMo? He's doing everything he can. This was bold. He acted quickly. It's like, oh, God. So there you have it. So this accelerated. 
So after the dressing down from our Prime Minister, the wagging of the finger, the gnashing of teeth, the wailing, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this then happened. Everybody, Bondi Beach is officially closed now. Please move up to the park area. Council workers and lifeguards clearing world-famous Bondi Beach. Everyone must go. All those surfers, the beach is closed. You'll need to leave the water. I have a megaphone. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the megaphone. That means you need to get off the sand immediately. The authority of the megaphone is inflappable. ...from the surf and the sand. It's for a good reason and it's for your own health. It's for your own health, yeah. <laughs> One of our favourite lines on this program, ladies and gentlemen, when the government comes in and says, we're taking this freedom away from you for your own benefit, right? We're doing this for you. We're doing this to protect you from yourself. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Beachgoers sent packing a corona crackdown. Corona Most crackdown. responded, some grudgingly. I think it's a bit frustrating given that when it comes to, say, like workplaces, I work in a like many other people in large office buildings, but that's okay. A few point blank refused to budge. Yeah. Are we going to stay on the beach, mate? Yes! Yes! Woo! Absolutely fantastic. Nah, fuck you. We're staying here. <laughs> We're staying here, mate. Too bad. Not going anywhere. Love him. Love him. Whoever this guy is, elect him. <laughs> Hold our ground. Why are the schools Hold open? Hold our ground. <laughs> this reminds me of anybody see that Andy Warski video. <laughs> Stay back! <laughs> We're going to hold our ground. Hold your ground! Stay back! Stay back! If, if it's so dangerous, why are we putting large numbers of children together in schools? After a busy beach morning when there was little regard for social distancing requests, it followed yesterday when Bondi images like this sparked criticism around the world. Criticism. The locals are copying a hiding when in fact uh, the beach was full of visitors. Huge panic and I don't think we've seen the peak panic yet. But I love that guy. It's not my fault, but it's, it, it, it's the tourists. None of the locals went to the beach. None of the people who live in Bondi were on the beach that day. No, no, no. It's all of you from the western suburbs. You pieces of shit. They're all the ones who came in and went to the beach. Nobody from Bondi would have gone to the beach. We know better than that. We're better people than that. It's all of those tourists. Fuck them. But by lunchtime today, the state government had seen enough. What we saw this morning here in Bondi Beach um, was the most irresponsible behaviour. The minute. The most. <laughs> The most irresponsible behaviour. The most irresponsible. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. There were kids playing cricket. There were girls sp spiking a volleyball around. There were people frolicking in the water. There were people laying on the sand. This was the most irresponsible behaviour I've seen as police minister. And see, another thing that makes me sceptical, where's all, where's all this strong rhetoric and strong language when we talk about other problems in society that these guys and the politicians like to pretend don't fucking exist? I was watching a press conference earlier 
from the Victorian Premier, a guy named Daniel Andrews, who's so far left that the buses don't go there. Daniel Andrews is the guy who wants to have, uh, you know, children write diary entries about what it might like to be gay when they're six years old in, in public education systems, right? That's, that's where he's at, just so you know. So they've had a lot of problem in Melbourne, a lot of problems in Melbourne, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, because of the refugee system. They've been bringing in a lot of like young guys from places like the Sudan, for example. <laughs> you can go on YouTube right now and get this footage of like hundreds of you know Sudanese refugees storming down streets, getting swinging machetes at each other. The home invasions in some suburbs in Melbourne were so extreme that people had to start their own vigilante groups because the police weren't turning up. This has been happening for years down in Victoria. Or as we call it, the People's Democratic Republic of Victoria. And so I'm watching this press conference today from this Premier and he's doing the same shit that Scott Morrison was doing. Oh, irresponsible, disgusting. You need to behave. You need to act a certain way. Don't, you can't break the rules. This is not negotiable. And I'm thinking to myself, where is all of this strong, high and mighty rhetoric when you're talking about, you know, hundreds of, um, you know, hundreds of machete-wielding youth terrorising the city? What, like, where, where do you, where's that fucking language? No, no, no. On that situation, for that particular problem, it's like, don't you dare talk about it. Don't you dare say anything. It's fucking insane. It is fucking insane. And it drives me nuts. Because here you have, like, look at the image. You literally just have peaceful people doing nothing but laying on the beach. Oh, this is completely irresponsible. This is disgusting behaviour. And when you've got gangs of people running around swinging machetes at each other, we all have to look the other way. Fuck off. Fuck off. So, yeah, I do. I do support this guy. I do support this guy who said this. Where is he? Let's find our man. I, I support him 110% just for that, just out of spite. And that's all the reason I need. Just to give the finger to the people who are saying that you being on the beach is a disgusting display. You shouldn't be doing it. How dare you? Just I support him in 100% and giving the finger. Because for other situations that are too hard for the government to deal with, they'll just pretend like it doesn't exist. But when it comes to cracking down on people who are literally just sitting there minding their own business in the sun, all of a sudden we need to make out like it's the biggest fucking scandal in Australian history. Fuck off. Bank refused to budge. We're going to stay on the beach, mate. We're going to hold our ground. Why the... Absolutely. 110%. Well done, sir. <sighs> Didn't end there. <laughs> Didn't end there. Trust me, we're getting we're getting to the end of our coronavirus stuff. Just got a couple more items for you. This is where so the news Stay back! Stay back! So the news reports start flying in now. The outrage, ladies and gentlemen. ...that's seen coronavirus cases in New South Wales surge by more than 80. Australia's most iconic beach, surge. Bondi, has been... Surged by 80. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the definition of surge has changed. ...closed down. 
Police took the unprecedented action to try to contain the spread of the disease, lashing out at those who flouted the new rules on social... <laughs> Henry St. George, Tucker Bubba in the chat. In the chat, cunts last stand. <laughs> ...distancing. The beach is now... Yes, ...closed, you need to leave the water. There were no sharks in the water, just the threat of coronavirus on the sand. The flags were removed and swimmers were herded off the iconic beach. Not everyone got the message. No, we didn't hear them. Is it just for swimmers? But with police standing by to force the issue, eventually everyone called it a day. The drastic step came after scenes of a jam-packed beach on a Friday night sent shockwaves around the world. Shockwaves around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, if you needed any further, you know, if you needed any more evidence to suggest that we have collectively in our in the West lost our fucking minds, I give you Exhibit A. People minding their own beat, minding their own business, standing on the beach. I see you in here. We have been so normalised to just accepting that that you know uh, illegitimate authority that. People minding their own business and as free citizens going to the beach. There was no law against going to the beach, by the way. The government came out and advised that people shouldn't do it, but it wasn't against... They weren't breaking any fucking laws out there, right? That's the other thing. Oh, the the footage went viral. The outrage, ladies and gentlemen, right? We have been so normalised to, yes, sir, no, sir. How high, sir? It's terrifying. And again, like, it's just, it's an insult. Because for two months, some of us were screaming, close the airports, close the airports. No. The third largest, um, you know, the third largest industry in this country, ladies and gentlemen, behind mining and behind housing is the foreign student program. So call me a cynic, but... The government refused to close the airport and let thousands and thousands of people in. And consider this, like, consider this for a practical joke. We have some of the strictest quarantine laws around the world. If you come in from another country and you've got dirt on your shoe, they will confiscate your shoe at the airport because you might be bringing in microscopic uh, biological entities, which could damage our fragile ecosystem. So while people are lining up for hours to go through customs, to make sure they're not bringing any fruits and vegetables in, thousands of people are getting off a plane from Wuhan province and just marching through the airport. We played the clip of the chief medical officer on this program who said, no, 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 we don't have to test anybody. That's a stupid idea. No, no, we're not going to test anybody for coronavirus as they're coming off the plane from Wuhan. That's ridiculous. What are you, some kind of conspiracy theorist? Instead, what we'll do is we'll hand them a pamphlet. People are pretending like this shit didn't happen. People are pretending like the last month didn't happen, like we've just wandered into this discussion in the last couple of days. No, 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 no. We've been on this. They refused to test people coming in from the Wuhan province. They handed them a fucking pamphlet at the airport. This was the government's big response, right? When people applaud the government for how they've handled the situation. They handed people a pamphlet at the airport and on the pamphlet it said, if you're experienced, if you've got the sniffles, call this hotline. 
And the hotline went to a phone number in Melbourne that was only open between the hours of nine in the morning and five o'clock in the afternoon, Monday to fucking Friday. This was the case for weeks. Because like I said, the third biggest industry in this country is the foreign student program. The majority of foreign students come from China. They pay top dollar to be in our universities. And like clockwork, ladies and gentlemen, the day that universities went back, that's when the government said, okay, we're not taking any more planes from China anymore. And then you've got to sit here, you've got to sit here and listen to low information fucking knuckle draggers who will come up and say, well, oh, the, re- the response, the government response, they did everything they could. Bullshit. You do not know what you're talking about. You have not been paying attention. You're just regurgitating propaganda. And we've got goldfish memories. So everybody forgets that this was happening for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then if you bring it up, when the government starts pointing the finger at innocent people not breaking a single law, just sitting on the sand uh, you know, under the sun at the beach, if you bring it up, you'll get people saying, well, what would you do then? <laughs> it's like, I can't fucking do this anymore. There's too much stupidity in the air. This is how well we are doing things in Australia. And... Believable. 25,000 people, when the number should have been no more than 500, partied into the evening. 25,000 Australians and and tourists. Welcome to Australia, tourists. Yes. 25,000 of them. Disregarding the social distancing guidelines. This is social distancing here at 6pm <laughs> the health minister fired the first shot what fired the first shot happened in bondi uh, was unacceptable and uh, the local council must take steps to stop that occurring but the state police minister but again like it's not against the law right this is this is what happens when you put out a guideline but see, when see, we've been collectively programmed to assume that a guideline, guidance, is the same thing as breaking the law, when it's fucking not. The reporting is acting like all of these people are basically criminals, when they're not. The government came out and said, oh, you know, we would like it if people didn't gather. We would like it. It's a, yeah, mandatory, mandatory voluntary guidelines, right? <laughs> mandatory guidelines. Please follow them or else. <laughs> Garbage. Minister followed suit. What we saw this morning here in Bondi Beach um, was the most irresponsible behaviour um, of individuals that we've seen so far. Fuck With off. police in tow, he said the beach would be closed if crowds exceeded 500. If the community does not comply... So some, some copper, some copper instead of falling asleep on the highway pretending to get people, uh, hand people speeding tickets, is now going to have to stand at Bondi Beach and count how many people walk onto the sand. It's an absolute shit show. It is an absolute clusterfuck, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, oh, this is this is a gem. This is a peach, this one. So speaking of the police enforcing the guidelines, which aren't actually laws... Speaking of the police enforcing guidelines, which is the government pissing away the individual freedoms of its own citizens instead of quarantining the infected area of the world from the get-go like they should have because they're too addicted to Chinese fucking money. Yes, it is that bad. Uh, now we're getting policed at the supermarkets. Police are ramping up their presence at Australian supermarkets to... Yeah. 
taste it? Can't you taste it? Can't you taste it? Taste it. Taste that police presence. Isn't it good, huh? Ah, <laughs> uh, now it all makes sense. Billy Ballbag. Billy Ballbag says he's from uh, Western Australia. Now it all makes sense because I've spent a bit of time in Western Australia. The Western Australian. So I, I'm going to assume he's from Perth. Perth is the most isolated capital city on planet Earth. A lot of people don't realise this, and that makes them a little strange. So there are ads. So he's saying fuck Sydney and Melbourne. Sydney and Melbourne. They have a they have a massive victim complex in Perth. Oh, everybody only cares about Sydney and Melbourne. We don't care about them, nuh-uh. But they always talk about us and we never talk about them. So there are banks in Western Australia where uh, Billy Ballbags... I hope you take this... Don't take this the wrong way, Billy Ballbag. I like people from Perth. Um, But there are banks in Western Australia, right, that run commercials on television and they'll, they'll flash up banks that, like, are based in Sydney and Melbourne but are nationwide anyway. They flash up the logo... And this voiceover comes over. Oh, he's from Queensland. This voiceover comes out. Well, it's not much better. This this voice this voiceover comes over and says, "Don't trust those eastern banks. Don't trust those banks from the eastern side of Australia. You can't trust them. They're against you. They're working against you. It's fucking paranoia as a marketing campaign for people from Perth. <laughs> so they're a little strange." To try to control the panic buying mayhem in Sydney, a woman was arrested for causing a disruption at the checkout. At one oh, oh. Thank, thank God the police were on hand to put down this resistance. She was she was causing a disruption at the checkout. That's news now. Do you do you see what I'm getting at here? Look at how we're just being massaged into this new reality. We're just being massaged into this new reality. Oh, police had to be police had to be at the supermarket. A woman was causing a disruption at the checkout. Oh well, fuck it. Quick, please, somebody throw the shackles on her right away. We can't have somebody causing a disruption at Woolworths. <laughs> We've got to put this resistance down where it stands. Woolworths uniformed officers handed out paper towels and toilet paper to customers. <laughs> No, no. No, no, children. The police will hand you the paper towel. You can't be trusted. You can't be trusted with going to the beach. You can't be trusted with keeping your distance from each other. And you can't be trusted with the toilet paper. We need to do it for you. The police are here to help. Okay, Billy Ballbag, you're all right. You're full of shit, Boogie Bumper. Laughing my ass off. We got a problem with East Australia because you piss our state's profit away like you are entitled to it. Yeah, like I'm doing it. <laughs> like Boogie Bumper's sitting in the halls of government saying, you know what? I think I'm just going to spend Western Australian and Queensland's money. Fuck them. I'm just, I'm pissing their money away. <laughs> me, little old me. Yeah, yeah, huh? Follow me at Boogie Bumper. If you want to get in touch with the guy who's really got his hands on the levers of power. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. See you in hell. See you in hell. Thank you for coming. I didn't even know. See you in hell. I should be getting paid more. I'm very disappointed. If I had access to all of this Western Australian and Queensland cash, 
Like I should be I should be a lot better off than I am right now. Pissing away all the state's money. Maybe I need to maybe I need to speak with my bank. Maybe they're keeping it from me. Wow. Who knew? I need to get myself an accountant. It's all my fault. For more on what's driving this behaviour, let's bring in Chief Data Analyst Alistair Leithwood from IRI Worldwide. Alistair, you study retail patterns for a living. What do you make of it? Hi, Angela. Yeah, look, the weirdest thing is there's no reason for these shortages. There's no reason for this panic buying. There is no underlying problem with stock. Um, I thought this guy was an expert. I thought this... Didn't they say he's like been studying this for years and years and years? Didn't they? Didn't he say he's been studying this forever? There's no reason for it. Oh, <laughs> pretty sure there's a reason for it. I think it might have something to do with, say, I don't know, worldwide media reports coming in of this virus that's killing people. The government refusing to do anything about it for the first two months and just continuing to fly people in. Remember, on this show, we were saying that it doesn't even matter if you think the virus is serious or not. That's not going to be the issue. This was a this was two weeks before people stores started running out of toilet paper. It doesn't matter if the virus is really an issue or not. People's reaction to it will make it real, right? I even said they are going to be fighting over toilet paper. And then sure as shit, a couple of weeks later, guess what? News reports start coming up. Well, we can't get any toilet paper. I don't know why this is the case, but for some reason, toilet paper is always the first thing to go. I don't know why. Whether it's like a virus or a hurricane or a flood or whatever it is, it seems that people are concerned most with having a clean asshole in, in, a, in a crisis situation. Don't, don't ask me why, but that is just the trend, right? So you can factor it like it's not happening for no reason. Like the guy said, there's no reason for this. That's obviously not true. If there was no reason, it wouldn't be happening, right? There's obviously a reason. He just doesn't know what it is. It's just that a whole bunch of people are going out and buying three or four times what they need and what they would normally buy. Right now, Australians don't need to be concerned. There's no shortage. But do you foresee a time if this gets worse that we may run out of food or supplies? Look, Angela, if you had to pick a country to be stuck in on lockdown, I'd pick Australia. We grow some... Here, kitty, kitty says, because in a zombie apocalypse, toilet paper is going to save your ass. Something like 90, 95% of our food is grown here in the country. That's all of our fresh fruit and veg and all of our meat, but also nearly all of the... And I I used to have these arguments with people, right? Because... A lot of people say, well, you know, like what's the point in like farming subsidies and stuff? And trust me, I'm not a I'm not a government spend money kind of guy. Okay, Billy, look, you're kind of you're kind of spamming now. Like I I would never normally do this, but you say you whinge more than fucking uh pom laughing my ass off. Um fuck it's all the fuck is. Like, I get it, man. I don't want you I don't want you to have to subject yourself to something that you are so obviously, you know, enraged by. You know, you, you, you're very obviously, like, pissed now. Like, oh, fuck, this fucking full of shit. Blah, blah, blah. So I don't want to have to subject you to that kind of punishment, right? Because I am. I'm a pretty empathetic guy. I'm a nice guy. I don't think you deserve that. 
So let me just put you out in, in the corner there. Just put you in the naughty corner. Just giving you a little time out. Okay. So I've saved you the the you know the harm of having to type in these angry responses like this, you know, this reactive <laughs> after every sentence. Okay, everybody knows that you're really upset. Everybody knows that you're really, you know, not on board with what's happening here. You're just you're just kind of reacting. So you're not really adding any. <laughs> so let me just give you a little time out. And uh, mods, if you if you feel the need, when he comes out of timeout, just pop him straight back in. <laughs> because you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want you to feel like you have some kind of responsibility to react to negative stimuli. <laughs> I know. Follow you. That's the first time I've ever done that. It feels good, huh? Feels good. <laughs> We've been doing been doing live streams and all kinds of shit for the last like three years or so but i just thought nah fuck him <laughs> let's carry on package goods with a, with a few branded exceptions that get imported most of them are grown and i haven't censored him he's still here he can still you know he can still listen he can still watch if he wants to i don't i don't get the hate watching thing but you can do it if you want um but you know i'm not censoring the guy it's for me it's like spam email so do I have a responsibility to read every single email message that comes into my inbox when it's just saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again? Of course not. You flag the email and you slide it into the spam folder and that's where it remains because it's just spam. It's not adding any, like I'm not getting any new information here. It's just the same pissing and moaning over and over again. So like, okay, that's just spam. I'm going to move that out. I'm going to move that over there. Okay. It's up to you. Made right here. Um, and all of that supply is there. We've got enough food to feed twice the number of Australians that are actually here. So, no, there's no problem with that. We've also got one of the most sophisticated supply chain uh, setups in the world. Yeah, so we were talking about the farmers. Like, So people don't even – people never consider food security as a thing until something like this happens. We've got so many people who are just like, no, fuck it. You don't have to subsidize the farmers. We'll just bring the food in. It's cheaper. It's, it's just as good in quality. What's the difference, right? Well, the difference is when something like this happens and there's some kind of quarantine event, all of a sudden we're all, we're all praising the fact that 95% of our food is grown here. It's like, yeah, that's, that's why. That's why for reasons like this, for moments in history like this, which will happen, like, we don't even make most of our own steel anymore. What, happen what happens if there's some kind of a war or something? At any time in Australia, we have about a week's worth of fuel. A week. Because we don't produce our own petroleum anymore. And this is the result of governments, both left and right. It essentially doesn't matter who you vote for because they're, they're all on the same team. It's us, the voters, versus them, the politicians. And so... We don't make our own fuel anymore. So at any point, China, if they wanted to, could just put a shipping embargo on Australia and the whole country grinds to a halt within a week. And it's not just fuel in the car. Like, like Australia is such a big place. You need to be able to get stuff from one place to another. Transport is a huge industry here. So with no, with no fuel, uh, products don't get to the stores. Medicine doesn't get to the hospitals. Everything stops in a week. 
And this is why I was saying, like, what you're seeing now in Australia, look at what's happening in Italy, look at what's happening in uh, the United States with quarantining. And, you know, the, in the United States, people would say, oh, it can't happen here. We've got a constitution. Bullshit. Your right to free assembly has been eradicated for most people. To the people in power, the, the right to free assembly, it's just words on a piece of paper. They don't care. They'll just find a way around it. They'll do what they want. They'll do what they want. And so a lot of people are now coming to the realisation that their idea of freedom in the Western world that they've been clinging on to all this time is essentially an illusion because at any moment it can just be ripped away from you. They can just tell you, no, no, you're not allowed to go there now. Why not? Because we said so. No, you're not allowed to freely assemble in this place anymore. Why not? Because we said so. But, you know, I'm not breaking any laws or anything. Too bad. Get the fuck out. That's that's where we are now. And so many people are just accepting it. It's like, oh, well, this is, this is the way it's supposed to be, but it's not supposed to be that way. It was never supposed to be that way. But we're willing to accept it now. For whatever reason. You know, I find that I find that shit troubling. As a black shirt wearing libertarian, I find that shit troubling. Maybe you don't, and that's fine. But at some point it'll come knocking on your door. And then that's when people turn around and say, Well, how did this happen? <laughs> it's because we let it happen. Time after time after time after time. So we don't produce our own fuel here in this country. Uh, we don't really make any of our own steel anymore. What happens if a war? Like, what are we supposed to do? Ring up China? Just say, just say, China declares war on Australia. Are we supposed to call China and say, China, sorry, can you please build us some tanks? We we don't have our own steel. We've we've outsourced our steel market to you. We've outsourced our steel manufacturing to you. So can you please make us some make us some tanks so we can fight you with them? Like, we're, we're criminally insane. <laughs> oh, and by the way, could you please let some of our fuel ships come in? Because we don't make our fuel either. So, please, if you could just let us have some fuel and build us some tanks so we can fight this war with you, that would be, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. This is the whole point of globalisation, by the way. In the 1950s, when they were writing about globalism, in the aftermath of World War II, most people forget about this. The, the whole... The whole thinking behind globalism was that we need to integrate the world's economies so much so that they would never attack each other, right? Because if you create a system of interdependence, that meaning, you know, it, it would become economically unviable for you to attack somebody else if you rely on that somebody else for some kind of product or some kind of service or some kind of uh, economic stimulus, right? So the plan was to interweave all of the world's economies using, you know, unelected bodies like uh, trade federations and whatnot, start outsourcing uh, industry from the Western world to the third world. This was outlined in things like the Lima Agreement, ladies and gentlemen. So you raise taxes, you raise regulations in the first world in order to lower the roadblocks for people to move those industries to the third world. And this has been happening for like the last 50 or 60 years with the goal being at the end of it to interweave all of these economies so that, you know, the the theory goes 
that um, nobody will attack each other because they're all dependent on each other, which is, of course, garbage. I mean, we can play... It's, it's, if anything, it's causing more friction now instead of less. So that's where we're at. Um, one more thing here, and then we'll move on. Who the hell... Who's Vanessa Hudgens? Vanessa, she's an actress... I know she's an American, right? Is she an American or a Canadian? I'm not sure. So she apparently had to apologize for something that she said about coronavirus. I don't know. Let's have a look. There are still some people out there who are continuing to downplay the crisis, a crisis the entire world is facing. Well, that attitude has come back to bite one major personality who now realizes just how wrong she was. High school music. The lecturing never stops, does it? She's now realizing how wrong she was. It's all of them, the politicians, the media, they all speak to you like children. What happened at Bondi Beach was unacceptable. It was naughty and wrong. How dare you? Vanessa Hudgens is now understanding why what she did was wrong. <laughs> the, the lecturing never ends. Rational Times in the chat. Thank you for joining us, sir. Uh, follow Irrational Times, by the way, on dlive.tv slash Irrational Times. All of these talking heads are fucking insufferable. I know, but I think I'm like some kind of a sadist. I'm a sick man. I'm a bitter and twisted individual. I, I must have it. I must see it. I, it's like I like being punished by them. So I keep going back for more because it fucking amuses me. Their rage gives me joy. Right? That's why we do this. <laughs> Musical star Vanessa Hudgens is backing off big time after posting what many see as an offensive video about the coronavirus. Okay, let's Even see. Let's see what's so offensive about this because, as you know, um, people, you know, just sunbathing and frolicking in the water at Bondi Beach, that is apparently the most irresponsible thing that the local police commander has ever seen. That's irresponsible. So I wonder what really offensive thing this actress did. Everybody gets it. Like, yeah, people are going to die. It's just terrible, but, like, inevitable? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now. Um, <laughs> is that it? Is that it? She wasn't even like, let's gas people or something? Nothing like that? No? <laughs> didn't even... You mean she didn't call for genocide or something? Is, is that is that really it? I haven't watched this. Sure, I, I must have missed something, right? I must have missed something. She surely she must have slipped in a you know, if the fucking something like that, you know. You know, God damn it, I hate these. She must have said something. After posting what many see as an offensive video about the coronavirus. Who, who is the many? There's never a many. A, f a friend of mine, who I haven't seen for a few years now, I can't reveal too much, a friend of mine, um, part of their job is taking complaints for a media entity from people. It must, it must be the worst job on fucking planet Earth to have to respond to angry phone calls and angry emails that people write after they watch something on TV that they don't like. And instead of just deciding to not watch it, they instead decide to watch it, take notes of all the reasons why they don't like it, and then let you know. 
that's a, it's his job to respond to these people. And every now and then he would share like some of the correspondence that he gets, and it's, it's the most amazing shit. Like people will complain about a three second thing that they saw on one commercial at like eleven fifteen at night, but they always talk about oh many people, many people, many people, but it's it's not really. A lot of these campaigns are like astroturfed on Twitter, fake petitions and stuff. Sometimes three people complaining about a program is enough to get the the uh, station to remove it. Three people. As long as they use one of the magic words, right, like bigotry or racism or sexism or something like that, oftentimes that's enough to get the program pulled. So these outrage can like everybody should know this by now. But they when they say things like, oh, many people were upset. I haven't met anyone, have you? <laughs> I haven't even seen anything on Twitter. And I'm I'm trying to figure out what what is it she said that was so offensive. What's what's so offensive here? I'm trying to figure it out. After posting what many see as an offensive video about the it's coronavirus. Okay, Even if everybody here. gets it, like, yeah, people are going to die. It's just people, terrible. People are going like, to die. Inevitable? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now. <laughs> Today, she's apologizing. What, why? <laughs> Isn't she right, though? Aren't people going to die? Aren't people going to die? What am I missing here? Okay, if just say everybody gets it, people are going to die. Right. This is offensive. Why? Uh, for telling the truth? No, no, no. We have to pretend like everybody's going to be okay. Otherwise, you're being really offensive to people. <laughs> so I don't know who she is, like, and I don't care. She's a celebrity. She's probably got tons of cash and it probably doesn't matter. But uh, I kind of feel sorry for her. But she did, the, she did the wrong thing. She came out and apologised. Never apologise. Never say you're sorry. Not to these people. I'm so sorry for the way I have offended anyone and everyone. Wow. I realise my... A little over the top. My words were insensitive and not at all appropriate. And Oscar winner Jared Leto is making... God, what's he done to himself? <laughs> he looks like he should be playing in a dragon tribute band. ...a startling revelation. He emerged from a meditation in the desert, only to learn for the first time... ...that Muhammad, uh, that Allah is real. <laughs> Inshallah, Jared Leto that a pandemic was sweeping the world. Wow, 12 days ago I began a silent meditation in the desert. We were totally isolated. No phone, no communication. We had no idea what was happening. Mind-blowing to say the least. Tom Hanks, who's still in quarantine with Rita Wilson in Australia, posted this... Yes, Amber Leader in the chat. I don't know what I said, but I apologize for whatever it is that I said. ...photo of his typewriter. And just look at the brand. Corona. I traveled here with a typewriter, Corona. one I used to love. He added, no fever, just the blahs. And late night hosts are also doing what they can while maintaining social distancing. Welcome to day two of my special quarantine edition of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. As we're calling it tonight, The Flame Show. 
with Stephen Colburn. Jimmy Fallon opened <laughs> up the Tonight Show with a misspelled handmade sign from home. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow, he's so he's so funny, even even without his writers there. Colbert. Colburn. Get it? <laughs> even without his team of writers. That's what I love most about Stephen Colbert. He's just so fucking talented. Just so off the cuff and witty. Unbelievable. All right, we're having issues with Jason. I'm trying to call him. I'm trying to get in touch with our guest tonight. And he's not picking up. Oh, 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 oh. Hello. There, oh, there he is. There he is. Okay, so, um, all right. Well, let's go to our guest. That's not the um. That's not exactly the intro that I wanted to have, but <laughs> that that's okay. Not to worry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the program our good friend, Mister America, the Bearded Truth. How are you, sir? Thank you for joining us. Be here with the great boogie bumper. Thank How's you going? for joining us. Very, very well, very well. We're having a fun night tonight. Um, lots of lots of things going on here on this side of the world. We're in lockdown, by the way. I don't know if you have you heard about the Ooh. lockdown. I haven't oh. heard about the Australian lockdown. Now, no, why would you? My, You're an American, you see. Yeah, I don't care about you, you guys. Care. You guys are just a bunch of criminals, right? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Well, now I don't know if did you see the bit that we played at the start about the beach? I have not. So I've been I've been in a flurry of things over here. So I've. I've not been your faithful listener. Uh, go ahead and uh, fill me in real quick. Okay. Well, very quickly. Um, so the government put out a, a you're going to love this, a set of guidelines. <laughs> okay. They said, mm -hmm. now here are our guidelines for you, you dumb peasant. We don't want you congregating in groups of more than 500 people. Now, bear in mind, this was not a law. It's just a guideline. It's like, it's like I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you know. I wouldn't yeah. touch I wouldn't touch that gun if I, I want you to reach for the gun. Ah ah I wouldn't reach for the gun if I were you. <laughs> no? So then yeah. then they're going around and they're scooping people up off the beach and and kicking them out and the reporting is all like, "Oh, this is disgusting. These people are irresponsible." And I'm looking and it's just like uh pretty girls in bikinis sunbathing. Uh it's people oh. frolicking about in the water. And this is the message coming from government. Uh, no, it's not good enough. It's unacceptable. You need to do better. You should have been following the guidelines. And there are people in the press and people who are cheering, going, yes, those awful people, those awful, disgusting people not following the government's guidelines. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sitting like I'm in an ocean like of this kind of uh, agreeance around me. I'm like, are you fucking people going nuts or what? Like, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's they're doing the best that they can, Boogie. Boogie, don't you understand? Yeah. It's the good intentions. It doesn't matter yeah. what the actual results are. Yeah. It's all about the good intentions. Yeah. My state governor just made it to where it's illegal. Illegal. Ooh. He made it illegal. It's not a guideline. Illegal for being uh, with more than three people. So really, uh, I just met up with a with a friend and I told him, you know, get your wife out here so we can be some real criminals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and of course. It, it, it's only fitting that I'm wearing a black shirt, you know, your favorite yes. black shirt. The black yes. shirt wearing. Uh, <laughs> you, you actually coined the phrase that we now use on this show, raising the black flag. But you've got the American flag yes. behind you, unfortunately. I also have the oh, American flag. There you go. Well, well done. <laughs> well done. So you, 
Well, I want anarchist to... views though to still allow for the American freedom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, freedom's where it's at. Um, yeah. It's funny, like depending, on, like, because I we had fun tonight with a guy who came in, and I think at first he was accusing me of being a Greens voter. Uh, then, then I was an idiot because I vote in the first place. Um, and then, you know, he's saying, well, you don't get it because, and he would bring up, you know, kind of basic bitch talking points that we've probably discussed a hundred times on this program. Like it's new information. And then (laughs) it's like, well, we can't go on without, without this input. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, but it, it always, wherever somebody joins the show, depending on what topic we're doing, they will form an opinion like instantly and just become reactionary from that moment on. So if yes. I'm if I'm hitting the left and you know the Democrats and CNN and MSNBC, I'm like, oh, he's a he's a massive conservative, this boogie bumper guy, like big Donald Trump supporter. But then I'll turn around and say, well, Trump really fucking dropped the ball here. He really screwed the pooch on this one. And then uh, they get heartbroken, you see. And they're like, he was like, a wait. communist all along. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, love I, I, love I love it. it. It's uh, it's my my one of my favorite memes. It was um. Oh, geez, I can't remember the actor's name, but there's an actor standing there and it's just like, you know, me when I'm attacking the left and, um, you know, you got like this old conservative that walks up and like you turn to your left and you're like, oh, God, like you're just as bad. And they're like, wait a minute. Those are the only two selections. You can only be on the left or you could be a conservative. That's it. So like, no, you, you both suck. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Can I ask you? Both you- are principled <laughs> I, I want to ask you. Um. Is there still an election campaign happening in the states? What fuck? What happened there? It's just all gone. Yeah, it's all virtual. Is that is so. this is this a gentleman's agreement or something? Are they like oh, just while this crisis is happening? Because it might be going on for another three or six months. That's the other well, thing. Well, you have to you have to think about it in the way of so even even some of the libertarians uh, are even following through the process. So the idea that you're trying to become the leader. Thank you for of the diamond country. gypsy, by the way. Yeah, gypsy. Where did you steal? Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? <laughs> um, no, but like, if you're gonna play this role where you're gonna be the leader, of course, when the leader says everyone should break apart and not not come to great groups, then they have to follow suit because they want to be the next leader. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a couple of them, and I would say the Spike Cohen or Vermin Supreme campaign, which should have been endorsed by the Boogie Boogie Bumper Show, but uh, I, well, I digress. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm you know, this could be breaking news here. <laughs> I am most definitely thinking about we may have to withdraw our support for John McAfee and apply it to Vermin Supreme. Just over the last couple of weeks, John started he started to lose me a little bit. Again, with like kind of basic bitch takes. Like so I've been criticizing Fox News, for example, for just focusing in on the flu has killed X amount of people, therefore there's nothing to worry about which is obviously yeah. plainly false when, I don't know, uh, they're locking up entire fucking countries like Italy. <laughs> like, you know, like I, I'm pretty sure there's stuff to, going on here that's beyond the flu kind of thing. But uh, putting that to one side, uh, so he's doing the basic bitch take of just, oh, well, the flu's killed more people. You're all, you're all being fooled. I'm like, yeah, but John, how does this help us, you know, avoid uh, fascist lockdowns of our suburbs? Yes. Like, right? You're not helping. You're not actually adding anything. So there's three types of libertarians. 
there's three types of libertarians out there right now. There's the first category of libertarians where they're like, this is all fake. And so they just hate everyone who even buys into it in any way possible. Yep. There's the second one that goes, well, even though I'm a libertarian, I've bought into this. And so everything that the government is doing is absolutely correct. And that's the way we ought to do things. Status right? pigs. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> they're the ones who go, I would support Tulsi Gabbard as the Libertarian Party nomination. But <laughs> fuck her in the neck. But anyways, um, I digress. And then the third category category which is of course the one where if you want to be consistent this is where you go hey look the coronavirus has some serious implications to it it's a pretty serious thing so we should take take measures um but everything that the government does despite its good intentions turns out for the worst for everybody and then suddenly we're, we're pumping 2.2 trillion dollars into the uh into the economy via the yeah. federal reserve and, and now trillions of dollars each day keeps getting added and it's just like oh why, would, why would we be doing why would we be doing that when the economy's doing so well i don't i'm not yeah, sure i follow fantastic. i thought i thought it's never been better it's never been never. stronger <laughs> right well what am i and missing just- genuine question it's never been stronger right so why would you need uh Four trillion dollars in two weeks. Oh, and 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 why do we need interest rates to go down to half a percent? Mm-hmm. You know that was it was. It, could it the, be because could it could I don't know. I'm just going to put this out there as an idea, Jason. Tell me what you think. Chew on it and see what you, see what it tastes like. Could it possibly be because the government is I don't know shutting down whole sections of the economy? Could that possibly be some kind of reason? You know, no. let's say no, it's one media. might it's say one might say stepping outside the bounds of the constitution, perhaps. Could that unconstitutional behavior be taking place in any way, shape or form? No, no, no. It's the media. Never. It's right. the media, guys. <sighs> guys. But don't worry. Trump has a plan. Trump has a plan. Good. And if you take your okay side, flip it upside down, there you go. You got the Q. What's um. up? <laughs> Q out there. And uh <laughs> Suddenly, the plan's gonna come together. Well, I, I, I do want to, I do want to touch on that because there are the, you know, I'm a big, I'm a fan of conspiracy theories. Okay, oh, you know, I, I, I enjoy the rabbit hole. You're not in a circle. Yeah, Excellent. go ahead. I enjoy the rabbit hole, and I've been going down a couple of ha- uh, rabbit holes of late, looking for the, because I'm looking for the truth. You see, I'm a truth seeker. I must seek well, the truth wherever it, it is. Well, I, I hope I found it. So I want to run a couple of. Uh, theories past you that have been floating around that I've come across, Jason, on the internet. And perhaps the internet isn't the best place for this kind of research, but this is apparently where all the research takes place now. So I have to go to where the research is in order to do the research. So uh, the first one I would like to run past you, I'm not going to light anybody up because I don't don't think that's fair. So here's here's the first theory, and I want to see if this makes sense to you. The origins of the coronavirus, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, one theory that I've got here in front of me, I'm not going to read it verbatim. Uh, the virus was started intentionally by injecting it into vials of adrenochrome. Now, if you don't know what adrenochrome is, apparently it is what blood, it's, it's, like, a, it's like value-added child's blood. So when you're raping a child or putting them under duress, you extract the blood and then a, a new kind of toxin is injected into the blood from your adrenal glands. And this blood turns into a product known as adrenochrome. And this is consumed by the world's elites to give them some kind of special power, you know, some kind of extra uh, above and beyond. I guess it's like satanic steroids, okay? So the virus was intentionally injected into the adrenochrome, okay? I suspect by the good guys, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know why the bad guys would taint their own product. So I'm assuming it was the good guys. And that... The innocent children 
had to be sacrificed to get the adrenochrome, and they are now the ones who are going to bring down the elites, the the dead satanic sacrificed children. Are you following? Oh what yeah, do you, what absolutely. do you think of that? You're a reasonable man. So, There's something absolutely. to this. I mean, look at look at you know, children aren't dying from this. It's yes. I think the youngest I've seen is like 13 years old. So I mean, children aren't dying prepubescent. Sure. So going after pedophiles, so obviously that's got to be the whole thing. Mm. And you know, going after the elite, Italy is just filled with them. So let's that's true. let's of course topple Italy first. Um, <laughs> Italy, Italy is the <laughs> Italy is the center of the world's elite. Well, it does have to be fair. It does have the Vatican, and the Vatican is kind of a big deal. Um, I would pay good money to get into the archives. Okay. Well, how about how about a bit? How about a bit of this then? Um, How about a bit of deciphering? Okay, you see. So here, here's here's one theory that's floating around out there, and I'm going to read it because I have to read it for it to make sense. Obviously. Yes. Okay. So it says Kofifi. It's simple. C O V is coronavirus. Okay, you're following me? So, yep. Kofifi, you remember what Kofifi is? Um, some, yeah, it's the stuff you drink in the some, morning, right? Some said it was a, a typo. Some said it was an autocorrect error. Others say it's the secret code that's going to unlock the truth. So, Kofifi, uh, it's simple. COV is coronavirus. Fifi is false flag or iron iron. Okay. Time tech is real. I assume time travel. Uh, POTUS and QAnon team have allowed these evil people to move forward with their plan and turned it against them boomerang style. So the, the, the evil plan has been allowed to go forward, you see, because they have time travel. I'll see you in hell. So if the evil plan has gone forward, are we trusting? The, so they always say trust the plan. The Which plan. plan are we following? Are we following the evil well, plan? Are we following the good plan? I'm like, not sure. I, I, well, I, this so, is... so I, I assume then, like, by the way this is written, that the good plan is to allow the evil plan to take place because maybe the good guys have already won because time yeah. travel exists. Are you following? But then they, yes. And <laughs> so we're going to let a bunch of innocent people die because yes. the world will let the economy crash. We have to, we have to take out the evil people by destroying everyone's economy. Yes. You know, we've only been talking about a, a more devastating economic crash for the entire world. Precisely. Um, after the 2008, we've been talking about this since then. Um, so let's just initiate that. Uh, let's just put the world into poverty, mm-hmm. just so that we could we could win some political wars. I think um, so. I think that's you know, what, yeah, yeah. We just we're gonna win in, in 2020, and we're gonna win in 2024, and then win forever. Hopefully, hopefully for forever. Yeah, yeah. It will never change. Whatever whatever gets put in place now will never be changed at all. Like this is going to be a, a forever thing. Whatever. I, I love, Go I ahead. love the faith that, that 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 people have in this system. Don't don't worry about the fact that you know historically every time you have a Republican, basically you're going to have a Democrat next, and vice versa. They ignore that precedent. Mm-hmm. Ignore the fact that you know we just had a, a huge swing from the from a, a, a quote unquote a soft moderate socialist left with Obama to Trump. Um, but don't worry, we're never going to swing back the other way. Um, well, here's, here's something else for you to ignore, by the way. By 2024, okay. between now and 2024, you're looking at uh, multiple, multiple, multiple millions of older people dying. This is before the coronavirus. Okay, so you yeah. remove the coronavirus. So older people, there, there is this thing that happens. Older people tend to pass away. 
I, I don't make the rules. Unfortunately, it's just the way it goes. But the older people, I think you've got to pardon that. I, I really genuinely. It's offensive, isn't it? It's offensive. <laughs> I should apologise uh, for yes. saying that older people die. So older people do te- do, do have tend to have this inconvenient habit of passing away at inopportune times. So the older people more often than not vote Republican. Right? This is statistically true. Now, they're going to be replaced by, um, so just say 10 million older people die between now and 2024, they're going to be replaced by about 16 million younger people, okay? And younger people tend to vote Democrat. Now, they are are predicting in 2024, so statistically it is incredibly rare for a party to win three terms in the White House. It almost never happens. I think it's happened like twice or three times, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. No, you're right. So, so it's it's very difficult to win three terms in a row in the White House because generally after eight years, people have this – humans have this thing like it's just time for change. They don't even know why they're uh-huh. changing. They just think it's time. So they'll, they tend to vote for change. So in 2024, you're going to have – after two terms of Donald Trump, you're going to have a whole bunch of older Republicans dying, being replaced by a whole bunch of younger Democrats – and they are predicting in 2024 it will be the largest youth vote, meaning uh, people under 25 in American history. And it will also yep. be the largest uh, ethnic minority youth vote in American history. Around yep. 40% of those 25 and unders are going to be people from some kind of minority background, which has never happened before. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I like the faith. I like the optimism. I'm just wondering where it comes from. And if it's coming from, you know, the sacrificed children with adrenochrome blood, it's it's kind of hard for me as a reasonable person to to make that stretch. I want to like bring me with you. You know what I mean? Take me yeah. with you on this journey. Everyone gets stuck in the my side bias, right? And so when it comes to this, when you when you win so bigly um, that you you think that you know you've got twenty twenty in the back, and I, and certainly I do think President Trump, regardless of what happens right now, President Trump's going to get reelected in twenty twenty. There's there's yeah. not much opportunity there for anyone else. Um, but it's it's it funny that nobody's the, nobody's even noticed that Biden isn't campaigning. <laughs> it's just not there. Nobody cares. I, they're, they're cheering. They're cheering. <laughs> they're like, oh sweet, now no more gaffes this week. It might be but, more popular. So, <laughs> yeah. So when you have that that. You know, you have eight years of them and they realize at the end of it, they go look back at President Trump and they say, yeah, he kept some of his promises. But here's some of the big promises that he missed. They're like, all right, well, I, you know, I won't, I obviously can't vote for Trump again. 22nd Amendment. He fought against the Republicans. And so we can't we can't vote for these Republicans. Mm-hmm. So we might as well go for these Democrats. Those are just for the politically active. Mm-hmm. Now, for the people on the outside, they go, we had this huge stock market crash. My my life sucked during then. Who is on office? Oh, mm-hmm. some Republican. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and vote for a Democrat. Like this is how how plain stupid some people are, and then they they come out and vote. Now you you're talking it's about ama- the guy it's amazing you made that point because that is exactly the. I know you didn't listen to the star of the show. I said exactly pretty much like word for word. <laughs> people do funny things in um, election booths when they're voting, and if they if they're looking at stores with empty shelves and they have no job and no money in their pocket, they're just going to blame whoever's in power, you know? Exactly. But I don't think he's going to lose, but I'm not prepared to say it's absolutely impossible either because how that dynamic magnifies over the next few months might be key. I don't know. Yes. And and certainly today he came out and he was talking about ending the so, uh, the uh, social distancing in order to restart the economy, Good. and that's 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 going to have some blowbacks to it um, socially, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if we turn into Italy, right, that's going to be that's going to rest hard oh, on yeah. your shoulders. <laughs> uh, well, so what we'll would you do? That. What would you? Because uh, Lady Fritza, who we adore, was in the chat earlier saying, "Okay, what about the libertarian solution? What would you do?" Oh, libertarian solution. Hey guys, um, free pony. I'm the government. I can't determine who's essential, right? From my point of view, from the government's point of view, everybody should be essential. So, hey, businesses, you make the best decisions for you. Wow. That's the end. That that sounds pretty radical. (laughs) You sound like an unhinged lunatic. Crazy. Can I interest you you in a vial of adrenochrome to be like with the Uh, the reasonable people? Yes. Okay. I, I would like to be an elitist. But Jason, but Jason, why would <laughs> why would we waste our time with um, people entering voluntarily into agreements when we can just use the power of the state to force them to do things uh, unconstitutionally? Why would we bother? I didn't think about that. I didn't That's think it. about that. Can we yeah. tax them too? I, think, I, I feel I think like we, we should can. tax them. Yeah, tax them on on just having conversations with people. I think we can. And I think we can ban them from even driving their own cars if we wanted to. Let's ban them from having religious congregations, but go ahead and allow them to go to movie theaters. (laughs) But my freedom of religion. Uh, So what? Yeah, we're from the government. We're here to help. We're protecting you, you stupid Christian. We'll we'll see what martial law comes through. This is like, yeah, oh, oh, martial law. Yeah, Second Amendment. Yeah, just qualified for the time. It's okay. Sounds great. Oh, okay. Yeah, but my Trump, my Trump is the strongest Second Amendment supporter. It's wild, isn't it? Sorry, it's wild. I'm sorry. Well, are, are you are you concerned? Like on a serious note, uh, how concerned? Because here's another thing that I'm I'm kind of wrestling with. Like I'm not an I'm not a completely non pragmatic person. So, for example, I know that in and this is why I think the war rhetoric is getting used now, just for this little sleight of hand. But that's maybe another issue. Mm-hmm. I know that in times of war, people like in our society, say Australia, uh, the United States, the UK, we we generally accept a level of fascism during wartime efforts, meaning, you know, the government can come yep. in and repurpose this factory to make planes. We can repurpose your yep. factory to make tanks. Uh, of course, people get compensated and whatnot. And then, but we do so on the agreement that once the war is over, okay, now you give us our, our stuff back. Like now you give it back to us. That's the, but that's the but agreement you know if there's goodwill. Right. Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we do that on the agreement. There has to be goodwill between the voters and the elected officials for that to take place. Now, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure about you. Maybe I've got this really wrong. Maybe I'm way off topic here. There doesn't seem to be a lot of goodwill between voters and politicians in the West right now. (laughs) Never. No. Never. Because it's our our duty not to have it, right? It's our our responsibility as citizens to be sceptical and to ask questions and to keep the pressure on. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here, right? The best thing that so actually my my state house representative he's done the best thing that I've seen of any elected official do but like at the national level and at the state level. Here's how his response was: Look, I'm part of the government. I'm not going to come and infringe upon you. I'm not going to you know advocate for these things or the other things. You guys make the best decisions for you possible. But here I'm going to make some Facebook groups. We're going to talk about businesses that are still giving out free food to children mm-hmm. during the week. To make sure that everyone gets fed, we're going to talk about businesses that are staying open, that are providing good services to others, so that you can mm-hmm. you can patronize them and help keep them afloat during these hard times. Yep. And here's some here's some ways that I he, he's helped connect people to um, what they need, right? Mm. And and so that's the best thing that any government official can do. Um, but meanwhile, you have people out there that are just like, well, if I just make this illegal, suddenly it won't happen. No, you just 
threw people into a cage that happens to be having coronavirus spread about there. So, oh uh, yeah, did you see that story earlier in the week? So that like that's, <laughs> this, again, none of this stuff is new. People act no. like it's new. We 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 did the story on this show last week. I don't know if you saw it. The UK is passing. They they've done it. They've passed the law. The conservative uh, small government. We believe in your rights. BS from the uh, UK government. They are now. They will lock you up in prison on the suspicion that you've come into contact with coronavirus. Now remember, coronavirus for a lot of people is asymptomatic. You don't even have to yes. have a runny nose. If the police think that you've been with somebody who has it, they can put you in prison. They can force isolation on you. And yes. That's fucking horrifying yes. to me. Like, you know what I mean? Here's Nobody cares. I don't know Nobody you- cares. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. Um, in Philadelphia, they actually released a lot of their prisoners. It was like, yeah. hey, did you guys do any checks? Oh, well, um, we kind of checked. All right. Well, so what about the asymptomatic people? Huh? Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's amazing, right? So the only way to guarantee the only way to guarantee now that you'll avoid prison is to commit crime, right? So the only way to make sure that you won't yes. be locked up is to rob somebody of to steal somebody's wallet, because even if you have a uh, suspicion that you've been in contact with somebody who has coronavirus, they're not going to throw you in prison if you steal less than a hundred dollars. So you, that's your that's your your get out of jail free card is now committing crimes. Uh, yes. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, what's happening here? What are we doing? Can you answer any of this? Like, I'm just watching from afar. Like, I thought our beach stuff was nuts, but then I'm I'm looking at these people. I would just let out all the prisoners, just let them go. I'm like, really? That's that's the solution yeah. here. And you know, like, wait until this is all over, and then let all the nonviolent drug offenders go. Let all these people that have committed no crime against another let them go. But you're like, oh, we've had all these people penned up and potentially they all have coronavirus? Go be free, my people. <laughs> Fly, my pretties. Fly, spread your seed. <laughs> Quick, go run to the biggest metropolitan area you can yeah. find. Yes, yes. Solutions. That's what we That's what we believe in here, Jason. Solutions. Big government <laughs> solutions. The goodest. The goodest of solutions. That's what we advocate for here on the Boogie Bumper Show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The black shirt wearing libertarians raising the black flag. <laughs> Um, I, I have a couple more items I want to get. I want to thank you so much for jumping on. Um, um, if, if there's Thanks anything you want to get out, if there's anything you want to address and uh, give yourself a plug, make sure you start streaming again soon. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Go for it. The floor is yours. Uh, I just, I, I've been so incredibly busy with everything and I appreciate Boogie for for having me come on here. Uh, my for whatever reason, I can stream through Skype, but I can't stream through OBS. Oh. Um, so my internet's been down, which is why I've been been battling this out. Um, but if you guys do want to ch- check me out, you guys can find me on Muddy Waters of Freedom. Um, we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Our Facebook platform's got like 13,000 likes. So join the club. Join in with their uh, funny memes coming at you all the time. And we have a vice presidential candidate, uh, Spike Cohen, who potentially maybe at the end of the tonight get the full-on absolute endorsement from the Boogie Bumper himself. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Mr. Bearded Truth, as well as at Real Jason Lion. I have both the personal and the professional account. They both use Git interchangeably, so don't, you can basically expect the same thing coming from both. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a pleasure to come on with you, Boogie. It's, it's beautiful. Um, I was just like reminiscing over like our, our history together and starting off and we were both like kind of indifferent to one another. We're mm-hmm. like, man, this guy. And then now it's suddenly like, 
you send me a meme and like I've already been on that wavelength. So like we've got like this this beautiful brain coupling from from uh from the land of tyranny to the to the land of criminals and and so it's beautiful. Rebellious it's cr- rebellious criminals unite, Jason, across, <laughs> across the oceans to uh sunbathe freely and to not get robbed by common petty street criminals, I think, to save the world. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Uh, the, the bearded truth. Um, cheers. P- pour, uh, hold your adrenochrome high before you take a sip. And thank you. Thank you, Jason, so much for joining <laughs> us. You're welcome anytime, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great night. You too, mate. You too. Right. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. The great Jason Lyon, the bearded truth. Always a pleasure to catch up with Jason. Um, I, there is a couple of things that I wanted to get through just before we ended tonight's show. First of all, uh, I did promise you a little bit of sexy time. So we've got a few minutes left here at the end of the show. Uh, is everybody ready to get naughty? Are you ready to get raunchy? Are you ready to see the lighter side of the coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, it's it's probably dark where you are. Because it doesn't all have to be negative. Yeah, there's negative news everywhere. There's negative news swirling around us constantly. It's unavoidable. We're drowning in the shit. So how about some positives? How about some positive vibes, positive news, HIV positive, whatever it is? We will bring it to you. But first, I need to give a little tip of the hat to the day man, uh, Royce Lopez, who played this song on his program. And I thought, well, this is absolutely the perfect song to play. (laughs) This This premise sounds disturbing, Boogie. Victor Von Schroom in the chat. Uh, <clears throat> Royce on Daywave Radio. If you're not following dlive.tv slash Daywave Live, I think, or is it Daywave Radio? I'm not sure. Just follow both of them. One of them will be the right one. And someone else will be really appreciative. So he played this song. This is the perfect introduction for our next little segment, ladies and gentlemen. Barely legal COVID 19s getting getting risky, getting raunchy in the West. Let's have a look. Babes. So sunny. How are you feeling? Little COVID. Baby girl, do you got the corona? It's okay, you can suck on my boner. The girl, I can smell your aroma. From your pussy, you put me in a coma. Baby girl, do you got the corona? I didn't. I didn't notice the first time I listened to it. If you actually listen carefully, you can hear the guy trying to stop laughing. Hippo Juice is his Twitter. Thank you, Kitty. TR and TRP in the chat. And it's just Daywave, uh, says Brave Bigot. You can you can hear you know when you're watching like a sitcom or something, and they've probably tried to do the one take multiple times, but people keep laughing and they do that kind of like they're trying to keep a straight face and do that <laughs> that kind of laugh under their breath. If you listen very carefully, I just picked it up. When when he's saying uh, you can have my well, I can smell your aroma, uh, do you have the corona? You can suck on my boner. You can just hear the guy like trying to keep his laughter in at his own lyrics. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. He starts laughing at the end, and then they cut it. It's okay, you can suck on my boner. That girl, I can smell your aroma. From your pussy, you yeah, put me in a coma. That girl, that girl, that girl, suck on my boner. That girl, that girl, that girl, oh you got the corona. 
tégal, la 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 Nice, are you in the mood now? Yeah. <clears throat> Hopefully you're... Hopefully now, ladies and gentlemen, you are sufficiently aroused. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Everything we refer to tonight will be in the show notes as usual, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here on the Daily Boogie podcast. Let's kick it off. Sexy time. Sexy COVID-19. Coronavirus sexy time. Sex robot firm selling antibacterial dolls for coronavirus self-isolation. Sex robot manufacturer Real Doll told people self-isolating from the coronavirus outbreak that they need not to refrain from using its dolls because they are naturally antibacterial. That's the final selling point we needed in this puzzle, is to convince um, people who have sex with sex dolls that it's actually healthier than having sex with a real-life human being. Mentally, we're not sure if it's healthier or not. But physically, I mean, you're not going to catch cooties from a piece of plastic, right? So they're probably right. Um, You can douse your sex doll in homemade sanitizer if you wish. You know, your human partner may not appreciate bleach being poured into her eyes. So I've been told. A top sex robot firm has moved to assure customers its dolls are antibacterial as people lock themselves inside over the coronavirus crisis. US giant Real Doll, also known as Abyss, into the abyss, come into the abyss, shared a snap of one of its robots sitting on a bed. There's the robot sitting on a bed. (laughs) I, I just don't get the fucking attraction. The company reached out over the coronavirus crisis, which has led people around the world to stay indoors and avoid social contact. With scores of people facing agonizing sexless spells, Real Doll told existing or potential customers that there is hope. There is hope, thank God. The Patriots at Real Doll. The message on Instagram read, self-isolating doesn't have to be the worst. All Real Dolls are made from platinum grade silicon and are naturally antibacterial and non-porous. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So you get yourself a sex doll to save the earth. Have sex with this inanimate object. Stop people from dying. It's a wonderful message, isn't it? Well done to Real Doll, ladies and gentlemen. The antibacterial dolls are custom-made for self-isolation. If you're not into the <clears throat> if you're not into the sex doll thing, I understand. Maybe you're a bit more of a traditionalist and you just want to get the job done. You know, to get a job done right, you have to do it yourself, as they say sometimes. Well, good news for you too. Masturbating during coronavirus lockdown could boost immune systems, Doc says. <laughs> I'm getting the sniffles. Oh, hang on. Ah. That's much better. Here are some reasons why you should masturbate during coronavirus lockdown. Apparently, uh, boredom isn't one of them. I thought boredom was all I needed. No, now there's actually a health reason, apparently. <laughs> apparently, self-love can help us feeling, uh, can keep us feeling healthy and happy. Looking for something to pass the time when you're in a coronavirus isolation? The author asks. Yeah, could. Monica's like, could. They said could. <laughs> 
Masturbation is bound to make your day more pleasurable, and it can have health benefits too. The most obvious bonus is its mood-boosting qualities. Your body releases endorphins after orgasm, working to keep you feeling happy. And that's not all. A self-love session could boost your immune system too. While this won't necessarily protect you from COVID-19, it may reduce your chances of falling ill. Well, of course, because you're not exposing yourself to anything else. You're just locking yourself in a room, masturbating from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. (laughs) Why would you fall ill? You're not going outside. You're not getting any germs. You want the story on the bottom right. Spice up reverse sec- cowgirl sex position to earth-shattering levels with kinky toy. <laughs> Brett Harris, you can find, you could source that on your own, comrade. Dr. Jennifer Landham, a hormone therapy specialist, believes that pleasuring yourself can strengthen the body's natural defenses. The theory is echoed by a study carried out by the Department of Medical Psychology at the University Clinic of Essen in Germany. It's always those Germans, isn't it? Yeah, we, yeah we, we believe that uh, during this uh, corona crisis, the most important thing for you to do is to go deep, deep into the depths of depravity. Uh, we want you to have sex constantly with machines and try to avoid sexual contact with other human beings. Uh, please, if you could, uh, rent yourself a sex doll. And if this, if this is outside the bounds of your uh, financial capabilities, then of course, you can always masturbate furiously from morning until night. Uh, we believe that this will give you the best possible chance of recovery, making full recovery from things that are not coronavirus. You know, people have been asking, like, why is the German death rate so low? <laughs> now you know. Now you know they're onto something. They're just sitting around, sitting around pulling themselves <laughs> all day. <laughs> Researchers track the impact of masturbation on 11 volunteers. They me- <laughs> 11 people put their hand up for this. Their one free hand up for this. They measured participants' white blood cell count before and after climax. Results showed an increase in these infection-fighting cells following orgasm. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So how often should you be riding solo? Previously, Daily Star Online caught up with a sex scientist to find out how much masturbation we should all be having. And according to Dr. Nicole Prouse, the more we're enjoying, the better. The expert explains studies have found that within the range of sexual frequency that occurred naturally in their study participants, there was no upper limit for the benefit of sex. You cannot masturbate often enough. Say the experts. (laughs) Statisticians would say the effects were linear. So the more you masturbate, the, the healthier you are. This is the wisdom coming out from Germany amidst the coronavirus. The more you masturbate, the better off you'll be. This is important stuff. For example, when a study reported that life satisfaction was associated with more frequent sex, but it's not sex though, is it? It's not sex. Masturbation is not sex. Having sex with a doll is not sex. Having sex with a robot is not having sex, right? Sex is defined as having, you know, the the physical touch with another person, I think. And I'm not going to get into the, you know, the philosophical minutiae of that discussion. But I think if it's not another person, then it's not sex. It's something else. You know, sex with a robot isn't sex. It's just sticking your dick in something and shaking it around a bit until you splooge. That's what you're doing. You're not having sex. 
masturbating isn't sex. It's, you know, fiddling with your stuff until you go, oh, that's, but that's not sex. For example, when a study reported that life satisfaction was associated with more frequent sex, at no point did they find a turning point where very frequent sex was associated with a decrease in life satisfaction or a plateau in satisfaction. So the more you masturbate, the happier you will be, ladies and gentlemen. Why, who, who even needs sex at all at this point? Who, ne- who needs women at all? We've got dolls. We've got our own hands. We're, we're fine. We're set up for life. Uh, I did have one more story here. Ah, yes, this one. Spare a thought, ladies and gentlemen, while numerous industries are crashing and burning to the ground in the name of protecting people, whilst world economies are slipping into the abyss, whilst world's leaders are locking down their own population, so, you know, essentially preventing them from making money in the marketplace. While all this is taking place, you might think you've got it pretty bad. I know my industry, like my workplace, for example, uh, we went from 100% you know, customer satisfaction, you know, fulfilling contracts. Our workload in a 20, one 24-hour period went from 100% to 10%. When the government came out and announced um, the new measures that they're forcing on the population, we lost 90% of our work like that. I'm not complaining. You know, you just got to do what you do. Mm. But the only reason I bring that up is we don't even have it the worst. There are people who have it a lot worse than us. I want you to spare a thought, if you could, ladies and gentlemen, for the brave women and men, mostly women, in the stripping industry. Little Darlings closes temporarily after Governor Sisolak's mandatory order. Strip club plan to offer drive through shows and hand sanitizer wrestling. Yes. <laughs> Bathing the ladies in hand sanitizer. A little sign, uh, a sign at Little Darling Strip Club said the business will be closed until further notice after Governor Sisolak, who is this fascist anyway? Who is this Nazi? Governor Sisolak, he sounds like an Eastern European communist, if you ask me. For non-essential businesses to close. But non-essential? Come on now. Although many businesses in Las Vegas are closed today. So we're in Nevada. Right, gotcha. After, of course. <laughs> How could, how could I be so daft and not think of that? I closed today after Nevada's governor asked non-essential businesses to close their doors. That does not appear to include the city strip clubs. Little Darlings, which is owned by Deja Vu, is not only open, but they are also planning to offer drive-through strip shows and nude hand sanitizer wrestling. That's called taking initiative as far as I'm concerned. Starting this weekend... Guests will be able to make a drive up to the front door, pay $100 and enjoy a 10-minute triple X show from the comfort and safety of their own vehicles. You don't even have to get out of your car. And just like that, yet another drive-through service has been offered to our increasingly sedentary uh, American brothers and sisters. (laughs) I mean, you think about it, you can just, don't you guys have like drive-through pharmacies and everything over there? So you can go to Burger King, you can get your drive-through lunch, you can then go and get your drive-through heart medication, and then on the way home, if you've got time, you can pull in and get a drive-through lap dance. You don't even have to get out of your car anymore for any of it. So you you go, you get to you get the drive-through KFC. 
You eat that on the way to the drive-through pharmacy to get your heart medication. Then you go through the drive-through coronavirus testing centre. And once you've been given the all-clear by the doctors at the drive-through coronavirus testing centre, then you go to the drive-through strip club. And you get the lap dance. All from the comfort of your own vehicle. All from the comfort of your Prius. Isn't it wonderful? Like I'm starting to rethink. Like I said at the start of the show, I did have this um, eerie feeling when I was driving through Newtown last night, which is a very heavily populated part of Sydney filled with young people enjoying the night. You know, uh, university students and whatnot going to bars and clubs and restaurants and whatnot. And I was the only person on the road. I've never seen that before in that part of Sydney. Uh, maybe this is the way forward. Maybe we just need to convert our... Thank you for coming. I'll see you in here. Maybe we just need to convert our economy to 100% four wheels. Convert our economy completely to a drive-through economy, a drive-through society. And then we can probably abolish private... Pro we'll make people live in their cars and do everything in their cars. You'll get lap dances in your cars. You'll get the drive-through medication in your car. Strippers in ga and gas masks sounds badass, says Tiara. <laughs> Ten-minute Triple uh, X show from the comfort and safety of their vehicle. The Triple X nude hand, uh, hand sanitizer wrestling will begin on Saturday. But of course, as we know, uh, the fascist governor of Nevada, Mr. Sisolak, shut it down. While many local businesses are closing down or scaling back, Little Darling Strip Club is staying open and adapting to the pandemic. Now, adapt or die. See, people, some, when I do stories like this, we have quite an eclectic audience. It's a small but mighty audience. And I think what most people have in common in this audience is they're, they're generally pretty open-minded. We don't get many of the, you know, the, um, like our friend earlier, who's just kind of reacting every single second, like, you know, outwardly, ah, nah, nah, like a barking dog in a backyard. We don't tend to get that here. I think they get bored rather quickly, which is completely understandable because I am a very boring person at heart. So we do have a lot of people in this audience coming from different perspectives, generally speaking, like Democrats, Libertarians, Conservatives, hardcore Christian Conservatives, MAGA people, people who hate MAGA. We've got the whole lot, right? And not just even in politics, but in like general life as well, which is why I love it. Love this show. So we just roll with it. Thank you for joining us, Iceman. Follow Iceman, by the way, dlife.tv slash Iceman4433. And so one of, you know, it's mainly an American audience, but one of the things that I love about America is the entrepreneurial spirit of the place. The fact that, you know, it's built into the American psyche that you can build your thing, you can build your company, you know, from the ground up. And it's, you know, if you go back to the uh, Revolutionary War, it was started, you know, in part, not wholly, I'm, I don't, you know, drink the Kool-Aid on it. But it was started at least in part by the 3% tax that the king was trying to put on the American businessmen, right? The entrepreneurs. And they so believed in their system and they so believed in their freedom to, you know, be entrepreneurs that they fought a fucking war over it. So I, it's, it's ingrained in your psyche from... It, this is just the way it appears to me as an outsider looking in. And that's always appealed to me. So... Sometimes we'll annoy people when we play clips like this because they go, oh, this is perverted. Uh, I don't like this. This is disgusting. Like, yeah, I get it. 
But surely you can appreciate the entrepreneurial flair of somebody who runs a strip club and instead of crying in their beer, instead of putting their head down and shuffling their feet and saying, oh, well, I guess it's all over and throwing their hands up, they've thought outside the box, pardon the pun. And like, how about we do drive-through strip shows? That's a great idea. You know, we can't do mud wrestling anymore because of the hygiene aspect. What about if we douse the women in hand sanitizer? It's slippery, it's like lubricant, it's oily, it's shiny, people will love it. And I'm like, yes! That is entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> these are the people, these are the kinds of people that I want running countries. I don't want people that say we can't do it. I want people to say, I want people that say, how can we solve this problem with more freedom and not less? Right? How can we solve this with more freedom, not less freedom? Well, we need to put restrictions on everybody. You can't go out now. I don't want to see more than 10 people in a room. Fuck that. Vote for the guy who is going to have hand sanitizer titty wrestling and drive, drive through strip shows because he's thinking outside the box. He's looking for a solution, making the best of a bad situation. Like the old saying goes, when times get tough, don't get bitter, get better. They're going to begin offering drive through strip shows for those who do not want to go inside. Now, starting this weekend, guests will be able to drive through and enjoy a 10-minute show. I'm surprised they haven't done drive through strip shows earlier. Because, you know, like, I, this is probably a stereotype, but a strip club to me just seems like a hive of bacteria, you know? Not necessarily from the women working there, but from the other men. <laughs> the other guys. Like, again, it's probably like a stereotype, but it seems like a sweaty, closed-in, smoke-filled uh, Petri dish that smells like B.O. and dried, dried, um, dried ejaculate, to put it one way. Crusty, dry ejaculate on jeans, work jeans, and dirty hands, and back sweat. That's oh, ick. Ick. Says patience. Thanks for joining us. Comfort and safety of their own car. They'll have to pay $100 price tag for this. Now, the club will also have nude hand sanitizer wrestling. The club says they are taking precautions in order to keep dancers and their guests safe. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the brave entrepreneurs of Nevada. Barely legal, sexy COVID-19, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that will bring us to the end of tonight's edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, well, I guess that's okay too. Don't forget to follow our friends, please, if you could, at RealPersonPLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at YCensored, at WinningTV, ladies and gentlemen, at Iceman4433. Thank you so much to The Bearded Truth for joining us on the program. He's always welcome uh, at Mr. America, The Bearded Truth on Twitter, and uh, Muddy Waters Media. You can also catch him and his live streams. Don't forget to follow uh, JJ Stoner, ladies and gentlemen, Joy of Pessy, um, Irrational Times, who was joining us in the chat. Thank you so much for joining us, Irrational Times, the gifted musician. Follow all of these people. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, later on tonight, I'll be tuning into Nightwave Radio, which is one of my guilty little pleasures. DLive.tv slash Nightwave Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern with uh, Mersh, who's always a fucking barrel of laughs, and I laugh myself silly. And, of course, earlier today I was watching ROTC and the day man, Royce Lopez. Great programs. People are doing great stuff out here. 
far better than what I'm doing. <laughs> so it doesn't hurt to go and check it out. Because, like, you know, you're not going anywhere anyway. You may as well. And don't even think about going to the beach, you stupid, silly little peasants. Or we'll have to lock you up. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course, if you'd like to kick me off the beach, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, at 7pm, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.